are ready to go. Um, a very good morning, everyone. This is your podcast host. This I was going to say the Spirit Channel, the Zenith, and this is another episode of the the Spirit Channel. Apologies because um, my lovely guest today, Jerby, is based in the Philippines, and because of the time difference. I've had to get up really early to do one of these podcasts. Normally, you join me at about 4, 5, 6 p.m. because most of our guests are based in the U.S. But um, Jerby has been a long-time guest, a long outstanding guest who I've wanted to get on. So I've made every effort to um, get up and try and accommodate her, even though I'm sure you can see the bags under my eyes. I could use some <laughs> of your bars of soap and some of your natural products right now, Jerby. But anyway... <laughs> very warm welcome to the show Jerby go hi are you hello Xenia thank you so much for having me it's my pleasure to be here with you yeah you're more than welcome and how is the weather in the Philippines at the minute at 4 20 p.m yeah it is it's very very cloudy lately which is good because I don't like it when it's very very hot Well, normally we're the opposite here in Ireland and the UK. We, we don't get a lot of sunshine. So any kind of sunshine that we get, we tend to flock to the beaches and tend to really expose ourselves to that quite um, quite dangerously. But it's just our kind of weather here. But anyway, yes, yeah, so at best, I, best I, I can't get the words out. I'd better give you a bit of an introduction then. So Jerby, in case anyone hasn't read, is um, a certified aromatherapist and essential oils practitioner. She also conducts classes on candle making, shampoo bars, natural perfume, and organic body care. Uh, Before this, she worked in the corporate world for about eight years advertising before she became a certified aromatherapist in 2018. She's held workshops, classes, lectures, including educationals. And she's also a podcast host. Um, she has, uh, I think, she's received in, uh, qualifications from the institutions of Saint Saint. What's that? Benel, ben, how I kind of pronounce that? Benel, Benelity? Xavier. <laughs> it sounds oh. like it sounds like it sounds like the Xavier School of Gifted Children from the X Men. <laughs> quite true um saber school is a high school here in the philippines and the other one is um saint college of saint benil so it's a saint university benil. okay mm-hmm. that's the word i couldn't get pronounced i should have asked you that beforehand and i know you've also done consulting work for international beauty brands uh, i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce them you can pronounce them if you'd like to but i'm not in case i mind of your language <laughs> <laughs> it's okay so i've handled multiple um, beauty brands um, collaborated with them. I also do consulting with a lot of um, local beauty brands here in the Philippines and essential oil brands. Okay, so give us a little bit about your background, Jerby. Um, obviously, I've explained just a little bit about what you do and you know your qualifications and what you've done before that. But you know what made someone um, who has such a diverse range of um, background experience in making jewelry and stuff like that. To get into aromatherapy and essential oils what was your motivation for getting into that and obviously as you say you're one of the pioneers of aromatherapy in the philippines and um, you're actually quite famous now in the philippines and um, for for the work that you do so much so that you're now um, teaching what you have learned to other people so what makes someone you know i don't mean this what makes someone from the philippines but especially when there's nothing 
there that she can kind of fall back on or look to other people? What inspires someone like yourself to say, I want to look, I want to learn aromatherapy and about essential oils? Okay, so it all started in 2017. I was rescuing animals. I'm an animal rescuer here as well. So I started rescuing strays in 2014. And when they started to become many, they're all fixed, by the way. They're all neutered and and spayed. But once they reached, I think, more than 10, it triggered my asthma. So I started getting allergic reactions, sensitivities, and asthma um, that I never thought I had. So I knew right then when I, if I go to the doctor, the doctor would just tell me to get rid of my cats, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't want that. <laughs> so I tried to look for other ways that could manage my allergies. For a time there in 2014, I was very, very dependent on um, OTC drugs. I was very dependent on loratadine, cetirizine, all of those antihistamines. And um, I knew that was not really good for our health, for our liver and kidney, right? So I tried to search for natural ways to manage my allergic rhinitis, and I found out about essential oils. I even clearly remember the first three oils that I purchased. It was peppermint, lavender, and lemon. And I ordered it from the U.S. because in 2014, I mean, in 2017, there weren't any essential oil brands in the Philippines. There was none. It was so hard to get hold of any pure essential oil here. So I purchased it from abroad, shipped it over. It was so expensive because of the shipping and tax. But, you know, I really wanted to try it. It's for my health. And when I used it, um, in seconds of diffusing peppermint, lemon, and lavender, I felt the relief from my lungs. And I was so amazed. I was so baffled. How did this happen? How, how is that possible? So since mm. then, it led me into that rabbit hole of learning more about aromatherapy and essential oils. Okay, pretty interesting. And so from then on, it was just this interest in, 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 in developing your knowledge in essential oils. Did you at the time kind of know, well, this is something that I want to make a career out of, or is it just something that is going to be a hobby for me? Um, something that I just want to do for myself, or did your did your um, interest for going? I want to make a career out of this. I want to learn all about this and maybe do this. Um, grow out of that, or did you know immediately? Look, I want to. I want to make a career out of this. I think at that time in 2014, I didn't really think that I would be a certified aromatherapist and like build a career out of it. I feel that like everything that has been happening, even all the things that I, you know, all the designations and titles that I have right now, everything just organically happened. Um, The reason that prompted me to formally um, take the certification and become a certified aromatherapist is that I think in, like in, I've had my YouTube channel since 2016, I think. So I've been doing a lot of videos. And as I was sharing with you, I've been making a lot of content, just my daily, like the the things that I do on the daily. There's not really like a specific theme on my YouTube channel, right? So I, I started, since I was into essential oils during that time, I started 
making content about essential oils. And it was like a natural thing for me to, you know, take video of whatever that's, that interests me at that time. So I was talking about essential oils and people started, um, you know, discovering those videos and um, they were really enjoying it. So some of them were sending me comments and asking me um, questions about essential oils. And I, I remember, I think that was in 2016, 17, I felt that, oh, okay, so, I mean, these people are looking at me as yeah. some sort of an authority <laughs> to speak about oils. And that, that was, that's the main reason why it prompted me to, to study formally, because I, want, I, I felt that I had that responsibility to at least share on, like, information that's credible. I didn't want to be googling off information and then telling it to them <laughs> i wanted to at least be credible and be responsible in sharing all of those information about essential oils so in 2018 i remember it was summer here in the philippines i decided to enroll and take my level one certification from a beautiful um, aromatherapy school in the united states so there, it started my um, aromatherapist journey. And 10 months down the road, I was able to finish my certification. Um, during those 10 months, I have been collaborating with local brands because I was one of the pioneers here in the Philippines. I remember when I first enrolled with the school, I had to ship all my school supplies, all my essential oils and everything from the U.S. because, again, there was no... Nothing, <laughs> no one supplying here. So it was so much more expensive then. Luckily now, 2022, uh, for three to four years down the road, the students who are taking their certification now in the Philippines would have a much better, much more affordable and accessible experience <laughs> because mm -hmm. there are so much more essential oil brands now. And I'm, of course, I'm here to guide them now. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a lot different um, experience, but all fun, not, no regrets at all. Yeah, it must, have been, it must have been quite expensive for you to do back then, I guess, trying to make a bit of a business, trying to start a bit of a business. And then because of I would imagine the import charges to ship from America, I don't really know, but I'm just imagining then you would have had to maybe pass that cost on to anyone who was interested in. So was there ever any doubt in your mind that this is not going to work? Nobody's going to buy these because the the prices that I have to um, put on these are, are maybe too expensive for the ordinary Filipino. I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. I feel that I'm I'm too generous. <laughs> I don't really do passing on the cost. Um, when I started learning, when I started, you know, when I decided I wanted to be certified, I my mindset was, okay, I'm investing on myself. So I, I wasn't really thinking of, okay, I'm going to be like a skincare, natural skincare mogul. <laughs> I'm not really thinking about that. I was just, on, in my mind, I was just telling myself, okay, I just want to get credible information and be able to be responsible to share credible information. All the opportunities, like all of these brands who would want, who's been like um, reaching out to me and would want to work with me, I felt that I, I'd always feel um, very, very grateful. I feel that I, if I put so much gratitude in my practice, I feel that there are more opportunities that will come. So, so that's how I, I've always run my business and like anything 
um, some of my friends tell me I give so much away for free. I'm always so generous. But I feel like, you know, there's there's someone who has to do it, right? Someone has to initiate. Someone has to spread the word about it. Because if there's none, how can you grow like the local aromatherapy industry here? Um, right now, I'm still involved in a lot of volunteer work um, in the past two years, especially during the pandemic. I have been helping a lot of farmers, local producers of essential oils. It's because I wanted to initiate our Filipino um, farmers, cult cultivators and distillers to you know, further their talent in producing world-class standard essential oils. Because I was thinking, you know, this is going to be beneficial, not just for me, but for the future generation of Filipino aromatherapists. They won't have to experience the exuberant taxes that I, I experienced <laughs> because we already have a few of them being produced locally. And um, I'm very happy that in the past eight years, no, in the past eight months that I have been working with these farmers, they have produced quite a handful of amazing essential oils and hydrosols and some of them i actually send to my teachers abroad just you know so they can share with me their feedback comment if what we're doing here is really good so yeah i've, I've been doing a lot of volunteer work um a lot of these work i don't really get paid for but i feel that um it doesn't matter it's not really about the monetary return sometimes um perhaps what i'm looking at is you know the legacy that will leave, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's yeah. it's for everybody's benefit, not just for me. Wow, that's all I can say. Wow, you know, that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And it's something that's so close to my heart about this idea of giving away freely your information and your knowledge. And if you can, you know, your financial products, because in that way, you're helping to spread the word rather you know rather than saying well no it costs me money or else why should i give away my knowledge or information i need to make money out of this and i think when you do that um for me anyway things do tend to come back to you things do you do tend to be rewarded in that regard and i know it's obviously a big thing with people talking about this law of attraction and stuff and um a lot of people are kind of looking towards that but it's just a beautiful way of obviously increasing the knowledge of essential oils, increasing higher standards, you know, and um, just a beautiful way of helping other people. And just your idea of volunteer work is just so, so inspiring to me personally, it really is. So I guess there was a couple of questions that came up there. Um, first one you were saying about you were approached by a number of kind of cosmetic and beauty companies, I'm wondering, because of the ethical stance or you know the ethical standards that you hold yourself to were there any that came along that you went no i can't work with those because you know to my knowledge you're maybe not you know that ethically you know like for toxic we have companies that used to test on animals mm -hmm. and stuff like that was there any uh, companies that approached you that you maybe thought well okay you're a big company and i could really benefit from this but I'm going to have to potentially turn you down. I have had a few offers that I have turned down, especially earlier during my um, aromatherapist journey. I think a year while being an aromatherapist, very, very early on, I've been offered by two companies. 
two companies to have my own essential oil brand. And I think one of them offered me to have my own book. That was in 2018, 2019. I haven't even finished my certification yet. <laughs> so <laughs> they were offering me all of these things. And I was thinking, you know, these are these are great. I'm, I'm very grateful that I was being, you know, given that um, proposal. But I had to um, politely decline simply because I was thinking if I if I bite into that cookie at that time, then I haven't really built my credibility yet. Yeah. Right. So I'm just going to be one of those essential oil brands being sold in the malls. That's not really uh, like my goal. I, I wanted to build my credibility first and then come out with all of these wonderful things. I felt like even during that time, I felt that um, if I, you know, dodge that proposal at that time and then build myself first, my credibility, then, you know, have all of those opportunities again, maybe three, three years down the road or five years down the road, it's going to be more impactful. And I feel that I've done the good a, a good decision. <laughs> like right now, if I come out with my own essential oil brand or if I come out with my own book, I feel that it's more impactful because more people know me and my work now. Yeah, and they know the standards that you've held yourself to rather than kind of being, oh, well, this person has just grabbed the money of a big company like type of thing. Yeah, really interesting. And once again, very, very much credit to you. Um, the other question that came to mind there, you were talking about during the pandemic, you were helping farmers, you were supplying with essential oils. Now, I don't know what um, type of farmers, whether they're different from traditional farmers that we would have here in the UK, but I'm thinking farmers and essential oils. How does that work? <laughs> I, I think it's the same. So I think it's I started uh, meeting them in 20... 20, I think, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I've been, I really wanted to create an impact, not just to the end users. I also wanted to support the supply chain because I, I saw the gap, especially in my own experience, right? I shared with you when I started with this career, it was so hard for me to get anything. <laughs> I had to import everything and that's always so expensive. And, you know, not everyone and not every Filipino has the means or I guess the ways to also import things. I'm just very lucky. I have friends who fly in and out and I have, you know, more um, benefits, I guess, or opportunities. But not everyone is like that. So I wanted to bridge that gap and make essential oils more accessible to everyone. Quality essential oils more accessible to everyone. So I've met up with these farmers. These are regular farmers, like the farmers, you know, from... From there, for sure. But what's amazing about these farmers is that they have their own technical know-how. So usually these are engineers who quit their corporate work because it it was the pandemic, right? So they quit their corporate work and then decided to uproot themselves from the city and to the province and start a new thing. And that's farming because they've, they've had this like, X number of hectares of land from their parents who's idle. Now they decided to, um, you know, be there yeah. and make something out of it. And since they are skilled, they are engineers, they actually created their own um, distilling machine. The Filipinos are really ingenious, amazing. Yeah. I mean, on my end, I would just 
buy uh, a distiller, a still from abroad, and that's it. But these these men, these engineers, they built their own. I was so amazed. Wow, that's really great. And so I wanted to support that. I've met with some of them. Every time I meet them, they have like a different form of still. It's because they made it on their own. And that's I think that's fantastic. Um, I've met engineers or farmers or um, producers. I call them producers. I've met producers who distill ilang ilang essential oil. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. It's a beautiful yeah. aromatic flower. Um, mm. I've met producers who distill rosemary essential oil, citronella, lemongrass. Uh, what mm. else is produced here? Uh, cinnamon. Philippine cinnamon is also produced here. Pine is also produced here. So we have quite a handful versus a few years ago, there's totally none. <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the most famous essential oils that we produce in the Philippines and even big companies have been buying from the Philippines is what we call the LME oil. I'm not so sure if you've heard of that. It's a resin. Right, okay. Yeah, they call it the poor man's frankincense, but I beg to uh, uh, disagree. <laughs> it's not a poor man's version of anything. It's a beautiful resin on its own. It's really amazing. Right. So I usually have um, webinars or lectures about the LME because it's um, really famous here in the Philippines. I was about to say that's native to the Philippines then, is it? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, it right. is. Brilliant. So you can actually take a, a, an essential oil and say this is actually from our own home country and it's a beautiful fragrance. Yes, you know, yeah. Not it's not poor anything, you know, it's a beautiful fragrance and we should celebrate it and actually yes. put it on the same level as frankincense, if not potentially better yet. It's beautiful, really, really interesting. Yeah. So I, I guess, um, well, you were talking about, you know, um, people wanting to offer you a brand and obviously you've got your brand now, which is Couch Wasabi. How did that come yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> so Couch Wasabi came to me in 20, 2008, very, very, <laughs> like 20, uh, almost 20 years. Um, it's it's from Couch Potato, but I was thinking yeah. I'm not really a Couch Potato. And I like wasabi, so I mix it together and then it's Couch Wasabi. <laughs> and I've had that handle ever since early 2000s. And when I started my blog, it was CouchWasabi.com. I started it that way early on mm -hmm. and um like you when i started my blog i was very shy so i didn't put any there's not a single trace of my face in there you, you can't see anything about me it's just you know, the things that i do and enjoy so i do a lot of flat lace of the stuff that i do but not really my face um and then i think it was in early 2010s and onwards people wanted to associate a face with the blog here in the philippines so Faceless blogs aren't really a thing anymore, especially um, in early in late 2000s. I think Gossip Girl was really big, so faceless blogs and stuff are really okay. <laughs> and then you know that trend died down, and I had to show my face, and people started recognizing Couch Wasabi. They don't really know my face, but they've heard of Couch Wasabi, so I decided to keep it even up to now. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some of your products. You, you've obviously you were taking. Um, uh, I can't remember. It was it in Japan there. You were um, doing like a forest track or a forest bathing. I think it was. You were at some beautiful waterfall. And I noticed your your rucksack, your backpack had couch wasabi. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's high. yeah. Yeah. I guess most people, as you say, would recognize the brand rather yeah. than recognize potentially you. 
So I'm looking just for, because um, you were talking about aromatherapy and essential oils, and that's kind of why I asked you to come on, because we were talking just before the interview went live about my own kind of little experience with essential oils, and I know how impactful and how beneficial and the health benefits of them. And I know that this tradition of essential oils is a very, very ancient one and was practiced by some very, um, by our ancient cultures. Um, and I wonder, could you maybe talk a little bit about the history of essential oils as it's known to you? You know, where it originated from, the uses of it, and what people would have used it for, and the types of essential oils. Mm. So are we going to talk about the Philippines? Culturally, Anywhere here in the want. Philippines? Okay. Anywhere you want, yeah. Mm -hmm. So essential oils actually rooted, like the practice of aromatherapy actually started in the UK. I'm not in the UK, in Europe. So I feel that it's more, it has a richer history from where you are. Um, in the Philippines, what we have is a rich, a very, very rich history and culture about plant medicine. So herbalism. Yeah. Um, as I've said, um, even the producers that we have currently um, they don't really have, like, they, they'd have to make their own still. They, they, they don't really buy it from abroad. But I know for your side of the world, even families would have their own copper still and distill on their own. That's what I've heard. And I, I was always amazed when I meet my colleagues from UK, from Ireland. Um, just recently, I have, I've been having a meeting with this UK um, European essential oil group. And... We were talking about different plants that are native to our country. Um, I think one of, I know you, from Ireland, you have a lot of amazing plants there. Is it like um, pine? Is it one of the local? Pine? Yeah. 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 We, Sage, we is it? Pine here. Yeah. So I, I've heard a witch hazel, I think, yes. was mentioned. Yes, yeah. I remember it was mentioned, witch hazel. And then I was listening intently wow i was so amazed ireland is such a beautiful place <laughs> lots of greens <laughs> yeah we, so, we still have a sorry we have a I still have a rich culture of using our natural plants and our heritage and stuff like that and it's not just people who would you know brew these themselves but we can actually buy like witch hazel and some of these other traditional remedies in our local pharmacies and chemists so we oh can and we use them for natural treatments for various ailments yeah, I've heard. Animals, so we do. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm learning. One of the things about aromatherapy, I'm also um, focusing on animal aromatherapy. It's because I, I rescue animals. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, going back. So um, aromatherapy actually started its roots in Europe. And um, it was coined by the word aromatherapy. was coined by... Um, Marie, uh, it's, she's a French chemist, and uh, I think um, it only lately uh, developed in the U.S. The way it transported to the state side is more commercially. I think most companies have seen its um, commercial or economic potential. <laughs> that is the main reason why it went there. And very, very later on, that is how it arrived here in the Philippines. Um, in the Philippines, we're just seeing uh, growth in the past five years. There are only a handful of distillers here right now. And so when we started to think about um, building the first aromatherapy school here in the Philippines, 
we wanted to acknowledge the modernity of aromatherapy, like how it is now, but we wanted to infuse our own Filipino rich um, plant medicine culture, our herbalism mm. culture. So yeah, um, most people here wouldn't really know about essential oils. Um, they would only see essential oils as something that would um, make your room smell amazing. Very, yeah. very, yeah, kind of a shallow um, yeah. ideology out of it. But that's okay because that's a good start, I feel like. Yeah. So, like um, when I was younger, when I was in high school, probably I would also think of aromatherapy that way. So I, I, it's fun at least that now more and more people are acknowledging that essential oils are more than uh, what makes your room smell amazing. It also does a lot of therapeutic things. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I, I think you're right. As long as people have the awareness, okay, there's such a thing as essential oils. And even if they only understand what something that make, makes your room smell nice, it's still a step, isn't it? And hopefully... You know, maybe further down the line in a year or a few years time they'll maybe get um this understanding oh right well there's deeper aspects to essential oils you know so as long as people even have that awareness it's, i think it's so, important. so tell us because we were obviously just talking about it there about this kind of shallow aspect of what essential oils are kind of known for but obviously you know both you and i kind of know they're for healing they're for for other kind of modalities can you talk to us um from your knowledge about the deeper aspects of what you would use essential oils for and what they would have traditionally been used for so lately especially in the past two years because of the pandemic a lot of people have turned into using essential oils to support their emotional well-being and i think that's really a good way also to introduce it to someone because when you you know, when you approach someone and start talking about the chemistry side and all of these big words, <laughs> it, it's sort of a, a turn off, you know, it turns them off and it's it's like too intimidating, right? So now a lot more people would appreciate lavender because it makes them feel less stressed. Um, they love sweet orange because it calms them down or they like peppermint and rosemary because it gives them more focus. Simple things like that to make them aware that these oils would give you that benefit is a good start, I feel like. And um, I feel that that is how, you know, a lot of education is needed, perhaps not just here in the Philippines, perhaps also there in Ireland, right? Yeah. Um, but lately, I, I see a lot of, um, I, I, I'm happy that a lot more people are appreciating the beauty of these essential oils. Um, now a lot more women moms are interested to use, even doctors are interested to explore essential oils as a complementary treatment. Because before I, I understand that some of the people from the science or scientific field yes. would shun away <laughs> essential oils. Um, but now I hear that some of the doctors here in the Philippines, even <clears throat> they're more welcoming into using essential oils as a complementary treatment for their mm. patients. Yeah, I think you're right. Science now, traditionally science has um, pushed away and has shunned anything that would have been considered, you know, well, that's just um, nonsense, superstition. <clears throat> it's just a kind of pagan belief. And now or placebo. They were. Yeah, they always say that's only placebo effect. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, 
And now more doctors and more scientists are beginning to realize that, you know, we need to take a more holistic approach to our to our medicine. It's just, you know, because medicine works on so many levels. It's not just the case of popping a pill and you will be okay. We're finding now that a lot of our physical ailments and physical uh, conditions are caused by mental illnesses. And we're actually, obviously, you know, we can talk about the power of the placebo, but it's more about the power of the mind, how we have our minds and our mindsets and the way we think about things. And I've had a lot of people on talking about this and we're beginning to realize how, you know, the effects of the minds you know, if you're in a good state, then, you know, if you're, you're, you have these essential oils and they're promoting this well-being within you and they're therefore they're, you're having this physical effect on you. So I think you're right. There's a lot of doctors who, um, who are now open to that holistic approach. Maybe not so much just saying throw your pills in the bin and take these essential oils, but just as a compliment to it, you know, why don't you try these along with your medication? So it, it is, it's a beautiful step in the right direction. And we're now seeing a return to a lot of kind of lost knowledge, which our ancestors in history would have used in the past. And far from it being these superstitious pagan beliefs, we're now beginning to understand the value of this. So I think that's why it's very important the work that, that you yourself are doing, you know, and spreading this here and helping other people learn your skills and inspiring a whole generation you know, about the use of essential oils and aromatherapy. So yeah, really congratulations. So tell us a bit more. Can you give us some of the more popular or more well-known essential oils that maybe you would use and, you know, what they're kind of used for? I feel that lavender is always a popular pick. I feel that lavender is always beginner friendly. Like anyone, any lay person who's starting to explore Oh my gosh, we don't have lavender plants over here. <laughs> wow. Lavender is very, very big over here. My lavender is a bit a bit under the weather, but it's been sitting oh in this really sunny weather. But yeah, it's 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 lovely. It's such a beautiful smell of it too. We use that in You're making me jealous, Venia. <laughs> we use that in spiritualism as well. So it's a very big plant and a very big thing. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> lavender is always used to calm you down, um, make you fall asleep. Um, it has a lot of linalool to uh, help relax you. Um, it has analgesic effects. You know, they say lavender is like, a, um, you know, it's it has a lot of uses, not only for your emotional well-being, even topically when you use it on your skin, it helps heal your scars and um, your wound faster. If you had an accident, for example, a burn, a minor burn, put a little bit of lavender essential oil and it helps soothe it. So there are a lot of um, uses for lavender. So it's one of those popular picks. Another oil is peppermint because mm-hmm. peppermint helps decongest. Um, if you have any congestion or, you know, anything runny nose, allergic rhinitis, it helps open up your lungs. Now, I wanted also to raise the point that while these oils are amazing, they do a lot of things. Um, keep in mind that these oils also would have um, safety precautions needed um, to be known. For example, peppermint, while it's good to decongest our um, upper respiratory tract, um, keep in mind that peppermint is not really good for young kids because it can trigger 
the opposite it can make their um breathing tracts swell and make it make it um, more difficult for them to breathe so keep in mind that peppermint is not really safe to be used um as an inhaler for young kids let's say five years old and younger please don't use peppermint if you need to use something to decongest the child, use spearmint instead. So spearmint is a lot safer um, because peppermint, rosemary, and other oils that has this uh, chemical called 1,8-cineol. We're going a little technical, but <laughs> it's just an information that you can take note of. Um, if, if the oil or the plant has a high amount of one comma eight cineol, this specific chemical constituent is very, very, um, I would say dangerous to children, young children, because it can cause death. It can cause them um, to breathe restrictively and that, that's not really a good thing. Another famous oil is lemon. Lemon is great, especially to cleanse the air if you diffuse it. It's also a good, um, topical um, surface cleaner ingredient. So I know a lot of households would use essential oils for cleaning their homes. Lemon is a famous um, pick for that. Um, what else is common? Um, is there any oil that you would like to ask me, like you, what you have been well, using? I, I, two, I just two oils in mind because I, I know actually, um, because most of Europe is a very traditional Christian country, um, and we have in our uh, places of worship churches where they the the priests they they you know they use this and frankincense frankincense and obviously the story of the baby Jesus Christ were these wise the three gifts gifts yes <laughs> not a lot of people will actually really think about these gifts let's go with frankincense and myrrh without actually realizing these are actually essential oils? No, these are not. Um, oh, yeah, so the ones in, in that story, in you know the birth of Jesus and the three uh, gifts are not essential oils because essential oils are not yet um, discovered and produced during that time. Right. right. Yes, essential oils and the, the machine to distill, distilling, was discovered very, very much later on. So it's a myth where when they say, you know, essential oils is what wow. it was gifted to Jesus. It's not true. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was the real, it was the real um, plant material. It was the real resin, which was gifted to Jesus, not the essential oil version. Wow, well, there you go. You've, you've given me something that I didn't know. So thank you so much. So is, is the uh, format that is um, spread as a vapor, as a uh, as a smoke, as an aroma, in the in the in the modern Christian churches today, where they walk up and down the aisles and they spray this thing that comes out that looks like a smoke? Is that a smoke? Yeah. Oh no, those are actually resin that's burnt. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's not really the essential oil form. It's actually the plant material. I have a resin here. I should have gotten it to show you. It will take me a minute, so let's not do that. <laughs> but it's actually the, the real um, resin, and then they burn it in a little burner, and then that's that's the one. Let me. I think I have it on my phone. Let me just quickly show you because yeah, I wanted okay. to show you. <laughs> okay. I actually have a... 
a big resin here in um but it's LME and it's what I use when I'm having my um lectures. Let me check it out. Anyway, so please continue asking. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just did not know that. Um, I just, I, I no, no idea. But again, that was my own kind of lack of knowledge. So I'm really, really fascinated and really um, uh, interested to know that, you know, that obviously this myth that um, these were essential oils that were given to, to Jesus and they actually weren't because there's a certain process that has to be followed before that plant or that resin can be called an essential oil, you know, Correct. so that has increased my knowledge. So once again, thank you so, so much. But yeah, I guess some of the other ones would be, um, would be featured. Hold on, this let me show you. So here's the resin, that big Re yellow chunk. Yeah, wow. That's the LME resin. So frankincense would look a lot smaller because the tree um, only secretes smaller sap so those are the frankincense when it dries it it looks like little rocks of like little small cream colored rocks and those are frankincense that the church would burn when mm -hmm. they're having that um ceremony we also have that here in the philippines oh here here's the bigger version of the lme resin wow. when i was wow. when i was presenting to aia i think aia or airmid I, wow. I usually have a lot of lectures about LME, so I have that big props to show every time. <laughs> that's wow, that's some size, really. How much would you, how much essential oils would you get out of that? I'm assuming the bottles are maybe about that size. Yeah, well, according to our distillers here, I think um, it needs 10 kilo of resin to produce, I think it was about 20%. It, it has a 20% production rate. So not so bad for LME, but I feel that for frankincense, it's a lot smaller. And different plants would have different yield rates. For example, rosemary, they would need like tons of it to produce like a small single bottle. <laughs> so the farmers would tell me, you know, the, the reason why the price is quite high because the yield is so small. Also with lavender, I've heard you need tons of it to produce yeah. a few amounts of it. So it's different. Yeah. We're very lucky that lavender grows wild here. Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so it's in your pot in your garden. I don't even have, we don't have lavender here. <laughs> I know it's so common here that we don't think anything of it, which is a real mm. shame. So hopefully, you know, um, this interview with anyone who's watching it from either the UK or from Ireland will maybe take that lavender a bit less for granted but it is it's very very cheap here i mean i bought that for like three uk pounds really at the end of the day wow. very very cheap so it was yeah very wow. very, very cheap yeah as i say i could go out pretty much and just grab some from the wild and pot up myself wow yeah. well here in the philippines we have a lot of jasmine here i know jasmine is a little bit exotic for people on your side of the globe here we just find it everywhere <laughs> well, maybe maybe we could have this mutual trade i'll send you some laughter <laughs> why not <laughs> so yeah the, the world is fair <laughs> absolutely is. so some of the other um essential oils which are really common here and really um of use for natural ailments would be um eucalyptus oil oh yes tree oil 
So tea tree oil we would use over here for like um, acne and blemishes, yeah. stuff like that. And eucalyptus oil is, as you were talking about earlier, it's a very good decongestant. So we Correct. would use to open up your lungs. Yeah, for those. But I'm not too sure about the purity of them. The, mm. the, buy them maybe in a camp. Tea tree oil, it depends what you buy. It can be really expensive um, if you're buying it from a pharmacy. But sometimes you can get it in like a, um, some of the shops that we have over here. They will, they're like a, a shop which does everything for like one, one dollar, one pound. So sometimes mm. you can buy, you know, sometimes you can buy essential oils in there for like one pound, but I'm not too sure of the purity of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're kind of essential oils. Do you know much about them? Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're raising that uh, conversation up about purity. Um, this is also one of the things that we teach to everyone because, you know, essential oils is not really regulated worldwide, right? And even companies can just come out with their own brand of essential oils. Like I was offered to have my own brand of essential oil. Um, so you can, anyone can just have their own brand of essential oils, but how would you know if it's pure? That's always a question. And the way I would tell our students here is that, you know, go to essential oil companies or brands that would readily provide their GCMS tests. What is a GCMS? It's gas chromatography mass spectrometry. It's an international standard of testing essential oils. Mm -hmm. All companies who are, I would say, credible would readily post their GCMS tests on their website. It should be accessible. Now, when a company would... And this has been my practice ever since I was, you know, starting in this aromatherapy journey when I'm out in the malls and checking out all of these essential oil brands. I would always ask the sales um, representative or whoever that's speaking with me, can I check your GCMS? I just want to, you know, um, run through it. Um, yeah. And some of them, and no, a lot of them would resist, would tell me, oh, we don't have one or, oh, it's not really allowed to be uh, shared to the public. And that's always a red flag. Because if it's really pure, there's no reason for a company to withhold the GCMS document. It should be accessible and available to the public. So yeah. that is how we um, tell our students on how you sh we should decide which company to trust or which brand to trust. Yeah. And luckily, there are a lot of brands that you can um, trust. <laughs> like Florihanna, for your side of the world, Florihanna is Flory. one, big, okay. <laughs> one big company that's that's good. Um, for us here, we have a handful of brands who are already doing the test, so I'm, I'm pretty happy. But in Europe, for sure, you have a lot more brands there. In the yeah, US I, also, they have a couple of amazing yeah. brands. I must try and look into that company that, um, as I've said, I was doing a, a little bit of work for many years ago, and uh, the the brand of essential oils, I know that the 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 overall company or some of the company products were a company called Jiva G I V R I think but I think it was the Amio have you heard of that Amio essential oils that was the the brand that they were doing and as I said I don't know about the purity of them but they were really really expensive and fortunately most people they were out of most people's range it was really expensive for maybe just a handful of essential oils and even their diffuser was really really expensive. But again, as I said, I, I sort of got into it because they had marketed their products as being, you know, 100% free of parabens and perfumes and completely natural and stuff like that. But although they were seen to be really good products, they unfortunately priced people out. 
I'm just kind of wondering, you know, because obviously you've turned around and said that in the beginning, and I guess still now, you've you've absorbed most of the costs. Um, and would you find that, you know, essential oils now, because they become more common in the Philippines, that um, they're within most people's price ranges, that most people can't afford them? Yeah, um, here in the Philippines, they are a few brands that are really more affordable. And um, I guess on my end, I also guide them, like direct them to which brand is reasonable and yet you can still trust. Yeah. So um, like with you, like I can share Florihana, you know, sometimes yeah. the price doesn't really equate to how pure it is. You know, there are brands that are reasonably priced, but they're pure. There are brands that are exorbitantly expensive, but aren't really that pure or questionable. So, you know, price doesn't really equate to quality sometimes. You have to know your source. You have to know your producer or the company. You know, you have to do your own investigation. You have to be responsible enough to do your own investigation. And like what you've mentioned earlier, you know, it's also a conversation of ethics. If you get Mm -hmm. to know the company and how they treat their farmers, how they treat their tappers, if they're really well compensated, if there's fair trade, you know, I think that's a, a better brand to choose for, right? Or to, to go for. It's getting more complicated, I think, not even just with essential oils, but in cosmetics and in um, our shampoos and you know, things that we wash with because you know, we're now seeing this growing awareness and this global awareness that people want to you know, use natural products and there's more information available today about the harmful use of parvins, perfumes, um, like uh, SLSs, things like that there are within our, you know, within our, our, our cosmetics and within our things, a whole range of things. And so there's this growing awareness that people want to use products that are healthy, that are vegan, that are free and what I find myself because I'll generally pick up a bottle of something and look on the back of it and look at the ingredients and if I don't any know I'll kind of look it up and um, so I always try to go for something that is as pure as possible um, if it's within my price range but what we're seeing and I don't know if you can speak to this a little bit is that there's a lot of false branding being put onto packaging to say that this is vegan or eco-friendly and really it's, it's a mislabeling and without that extra knowledge people will pick something up and go okay well this is you know and just go ahead and use it without you know really re- realizing that that is true i'm so glad you're raising that um there are a lot of companies who does green washing <laughs> they do a lot of these beautiful icons saying they're uh rabbit rabbit friendly or <laughs> vegan right a vegan cruelty free um but when you check the ingredients oh for example one clear example hair conditioners they would claim to be sulfate free but conditioners don't really contain sulfates at all <laughs> so all conditioners are actually sulfate free because they don't they would never contain sulfate <laughs> Just, we just so lost that's the one form. Oh, am I back? Hello? Yeah, yeah. So it's, okay. it's the quality's just dropped a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're freezing, but hmm. Hello? Uh,
or quality out a problem. Okay, am I back? Um, we... Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello, yes. I just I had actually switched my phone hotspot. <clears throat> it's okay, okay. I'll, I'll call later. Yeah, sorry, carry on what you were talking about there. Okay, so I was sharing how other companies or a lot of these companies who are claiming to be a vegan, cruelty-free, green, a lot of them are doing a lot of greenwashing wherein a clear example, and probably you've seen this because you read a lot of labels, right? Hair conditioners claiming to be sulfate-free. Yes. But that's a little funny because hair conditioners, when you formulate them, they don't really contain sulfates. They don't. <laughs> so all in a way, all hair conditioners are sulfate-free. So they don't really have to claim they're sulfate-free. <laughs> so a lot of these funny labeling, mislabeling, that could easily trick um, someone who, who don't really know a lot about these ingredients. Um, I, I'm fortunate to, to know about these because uh, I come from a, I'm a third generation, I guess, beauty practitioner. My great grandmother is a beauty educator in Canada. My mom is a registered pharmacist. So reading all of these ingredients and knowing about them is something that I grew up with. I grew up watching my mom, you know, shaking something, formulating in our kitchen. <laughs> and uh, me, I've also, I, I used to work at the Avon. So I used to handle color cosmetics for the entire Asia Pacific. Wow. So I, I, I'm very familiar with all of these um, preservatives, stabilizers, yeah. emulsifiers. I know all of these um, scientific terms. <laughs> so it's easy must, for me to read ingredients and yeah. recognize them. That must be why you have this beautiful glowing skin. Thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I came to this awareness a lot later in our life. Ireland is not... Um, it's not the most modern of countries and you know in the world and stuff even though you would probably think living next door to the uk it's actually not we've had a lot of problems in ireland politically and um with a lot of kind of fighting and stuff so it's kind of hailed the progress back and we're sort of maybe i would say maybe a bit behind you know in in our awareness of things so um unfortunately i've learned about this a bit bit later in my life but um, yeah, so it's, but uh, yeah, I just had understanding. And I guess that even when companies say they're SLS free, they can, I think, as you know, that it doesn't have to be SLS. It can be under these different terms. Sulfates can be you know, labeled and there's different forms of sulfates. So even if you're looking in the back and going, well, I know SLS is going to, um, you know, start off alarm bells. Well, that says like CLS or something like that there. It's just sodiums of these uh, sulfates under a different name. So it, it does get very tricky. And um, certainly here in the UK, we'll see products as well. This is another kind of thing that I've seen that they'll say like 98% natural ingredients, which makes you think, oh, they must be, you know, but it's those 2%, which are the mm -hmm. really harmful ones. It's maybe the, the sulfates that they're leaving in. So it's just another kind of brand, as you say. I love that term, greenwashing. I've never heard it before. I'm going to adopt that myself. <laughs> <so I am. laughs>
<laughs> you so, should. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely am. I'm not even going to say that it came from me. I'm going to pass it off as my own. So <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, greenwashing is actually a, a term used um, in, in the beauty industry because a lot of these companies really do that. So you can use it freely. Don't worry. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it, it is great anyway that we have this growing awareness, you know, in, in our cosmetics and in the things that we choose to put into our body. And, you know, it, it's crazy when you think about it, the, the, the chemicals and the harmful additives mm -hmm. that we subject ourselves into. And I, probably, um, in a way, probably women more than men because women use cosmetics. Mm -hmm. so that's a, yeah. that added danger. And a lot of women, I find which is really counterproductive because they're putting on makeup on cosmetics and intent to beautify themselves and appear younger. But what they're actually doing is aging their skin. Correct. And what they actually do then is they apply more cosmetics and attempt Correct. to, you know, so it's this cycle um, of, 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 and they don't know what they're doing really. For, Correct. Correct. Anyway, people just tend to go for the big names and the, maybe the cheapest alternative. So it's great that, you know, obviously that you're you're here as well and bringing that little bit of awareness and adding to my own knowledge. So I know you And remember, Zenith, mm -hmm. remember, um, for everyone who's listening, our skin is our biggest organ. So whatever we put on it definitely gets into our bloodstream, gets into our bodies. So I like what you said, you know, you're putting cosmetics to try to conceal and make you look younger. But in reality, you're actually aging yourself because you're putting all of these chemicals that aren't really good for your skin. Eventually, you will end up in your body, in your bloodstream. Yeah, it is. It's a fascinating thing because once you start going down this road of going, I need to look after my skin better by becoming more aware of what I ingest into my body. I think it leads to this awareness. Well, then I need to look about the foodstuffs that I put into my body and what is healthful for me and what is harmful for me. So I need to potentially cut out the junk food, maybe need to cut down, if you want to say, like on my meat intake. So it just leads this whole different awareness, you know, of, 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 of treating your body more like a temple rather than just this, well, you know, it's just kind of there. So you have this growing health awareness, not just about beauty products and cosmetics, but this whole, um, idea of what you know what am I subjecting my body to even sun creams as well which people think well I need to put on sun cream to protect myself from the sun even those they have very harmful ingredients within them and so then people begin to look at natural sources of sun cream and stuff and um, so it's just a fascinating kind of subject um, and I know you also make soaps as well so would you take yeah. a little bit that that because I've watched some of your videos where you're making these soaps and it's it's a fascinating product and once again um because of natural soaps and you know to be free of perfumes and stuff like that and I think that soaps are now beginning to become more um popular because we once again recognize that uh uh shower gels and you know hand gels and stuff like that once again are are are, are actually harmful for us so people are looking towards older things but in a more natural way that is true i make soaps um straight out of um base oils or vegetable oils so i like combining my knowledge in aromatherapy wherein i know the profile of this oil for example olive oil and coconut oil combined with let's say um, palm oil or pili pulp oil 
Philly pulp oil is something that's very Filipino, so you might not have heard about it. <laughs> but, you know, um, knowing these oils like argan oil or jojoba oil and then combining them together to create uh, a bar of soap is always a, a fun thing. Now, Xenia, doing that soap making and shooting myself is another thing. <laughs> that's, that's the more challenging thing. <laughs> so, you know, it takes a lot to, to produce those um, videos, but I'm happy that you enjoy them. So yeah, I've, I've made a couple of batches of soap. Um, the last one that I made was to make a beer soap. Wow. Yeah, so that's really fun. <laughs> I made this batch of beer soap. Oh, it, it smells so good. I, I was so, so sur surprised myself. <laughs> I know Ireland is like a country that does a lot of their beer making so it's something that you could yeah. check out yeah, we're very famous here for our beers we're, we're we're kind of known as a nation of people who are, who are kind of yes <laughs> alcoholic beverages here which which is not too far away from the truth um yeah <laughs> i suppose then god you know for anyone listening would be thinking i can combine two things i can sit in the bath and have my beer then at the same time <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's a couple of other things that you do as well, and I'm not too sure that you, you, it's not only just essential oils and aromatherapy and soaps, but you also do a few other little things as well, which I haven't quite remembered. I should have noted them down. Can you talk a little bit just maybe about some of the other little avenues that you've, you've, you've created and branched out into? Yeah, I have a lot of hobbies. Even my parents are having a hard time keeping up with it. <laughs> um, I also uh, do jewelry making. I also studied silversmithing. So I, I, I'm not wearing it, but my first um, ever silver ring that I made, I was in Seoul. I went to um, early in 2020, I was actually in Korea in Seoul. I was taking up my jewelry making course. I was studying to to become a smith, a silversmith. And then I had to come back in the Philippines to get more clothes because it was winter there and I realized I didn't have much clothes. <laughs> so when I came here in Manila, I never really had a chance to go back because it was starting to lock, you know, every country is starting to have their own versions of lockdown because of the pandemic. So half of my clothes are still there. I haven't really had the chance to bring it back here. <laughs> but during the course of the pandemic, I've gotten deeper into my aromatherapy practice. So so there. Um, my jewelry making is on pause, but I, I, I still very am interested in going back to it because mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy um, crafting. I do a lot yeah. of things like soap making, Shampoo bar making, lotion, all of those making, I make them. <laughs> candle making, I do some candle yeah, making right. as well. Yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're super yeah. talented, super talented. <laughs> it's fantastic to hear someone who, you know, has that diversity of talents, you know, that can go from making candles to essential oils to trying their hand at, you know, crafting silversmith. It's it's fascinating, really, really interesting. Um, so, and I know that, uh, I think we were talking about just at the start of the show, Tell us that obviously because you're so obviously talented and you've become such a recognized person your brand is so big now in the, in the Philippines and you now run a, a course where you're teaching Filipino women the art of aromatherapy and soap making and stuff like this. So tell us yes. a little bit about that. Yes, thank you so much for asking that. So just recently we launched the first aromatherapy school here in the Philippines. It's called Aromatherapy Institute of the Philippines. 
um, like if you have time, please check out www.aromainstituteph.com. So we offer the first aromatherapy certification program. It's the first here in our country. And the goal mm -hmm. there is to bring aromatherapy credible and quality education to the Filipinos. So my teacher, um, Jade Schutz, um, she's also my mentor. Um, she got in touch with me early this year to, to partner and uh, bring that forward. And I'm very happy and grateful for her trust to, you know, to partner with me to do that here. That's a really huge project that I'm always going to be grateful for because I like asked me a year ago, I never really thought I'd have an aromatherapy school here. <laughs> I'm just enjoying my ways around essential oils and like the stuff that I do. So having a school and it's actually, you know, operating now and we have a few students who already signed up. That's really uh, something that I'm grateful for, for 2022. Um, and in that school, we're also offering all the other classes that I've been having in the past few years. So soap making is also there, candle making is also there, lotion making is also there, and some other aromatherapy practices like how to make your own flower essences or how to make your own herbal glycerides. So we have a lot of these short courses that you can enroll and check out as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very affordable. So you, you might as well check it out if you're interested mm -hmm. <laughs> to learn about aromatherapy. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Once again, multi-talented lady. Um, <laughs> what else was I going to say? There was something else that I wanted to ask you. Yes, that was the other thing. To add another string to your bow, if you, you're familiar with that term, is that a lot of your YouTube videos, you um, have recipes on them in which you're, you're making food, you're making healthy food. Yes. Is, yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Are those my smoothie videos? Yes. <laughs> I have more on my TikTok. <laughs> so, so I, uh, of course, in, um, I guess, in support of my, my, you know, seeking a healthier lifestyle, I really want to have all of these and share all of these um, recipes, short clips to my audience to inspire them as well. I, I think I hope it's fun when you watch it <laughs> because that's the goal <laughs> to, to provide like a fun content um, to inspire other people, to, my audience to, to think that, you know, being healthy is not really that difficult. It's easy to make. I yeah. can make like I can whip up a smoothie in 10 minutes and then I'm I'm happy. And then cleanup is also easy. So I just want to inspire the people around me to become healthier and live this lifestyle that's very attainable because I know like when you watch celebrities and they're so healthy and fit and that but sometimes it's not really that attainable right because they have access to all of these amazing facilities and I don't know aesthetic doctors and stuff but I want to make things more relatable and attainable like I tell my audience where you can buy this I don't know specific shaker that's not really that expensive you can make it work and you know, it gives you an amazing smoothie that you can easily grab here and there and whip up something beautiful and delicious. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you have some of some longer videos that I vaguely remember on your YouTube channel, which are just generally maybe a day 
in Manila, they're, they're a bit longer and stuff, but you're just kind of like you just kind of going about your normal kind of practices just to kind of show what, what your day is kind of like, isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I also do a lot of these um, living alone series yeah. and uh, a day in my life series, um, like just take you in on how, how it is to live uh, as an aromatherapist here in the Philippines. And um, yeah, so those little things. <laughs> I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm um, entertaining um, everyone yeah. who's watching it. <laughs> it goes to show, you know, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, people, it shows people that you are uh, relatable, you know, that you're not this kind of person who is aloof or projects this lovely, oh, you know, I'm, I'm this here type of person in front of the camera when you're coaching. You're just showing like, I'm just an ordinary person going about my day. Like, you know, if you're from the Philippines, if you're from Manila, you know, you can easily identify my day because probably your day as well. I'm no different from, from you. So it makes you very relatable then. It makes you very approachable. So the people maybe might not have this fear of this kind of um, inferiority complex or, you know, how do I go about that? Because I'm embarrassed, you know, mm -hmm. potentially. So yeah. hopefully it inspires people then that way to, to reach out to you even more. So as I said, I find it interesting. And I also know that you have your own podcast as well. So tell yes. us a bit about that. Thank you. So I have been um, hosting this podcast called Live Well with Aromatherapist Kirby Go. I think it's been on for three years now, two or three years now. I can't remember. <laughs> um, it's on Spotify. So just search for Couch Wasabi um, in any social media or on Google, just search for Couch Wasabi and you will find me. <laughs> I'm I'm almost everywhere. <laughs> so on Spotify, if you want to search for my podcast, just search for Couch Wasabi. And in that podcast, I normally talk about um, healthy lifestyle, healthy living, wellness, and emotional well-being. So um, it's not strictly about essential oils and aromatherapy. I also wanted to open conversations about mental health or right. female health, female wellness, or um, I'd love to have you seen this on my show about spiritual wellness, right? I mean, you know, I, I want it to be a range of conversation, not only strictly about essential oils, because I want it to be, I don't know, more, less intimidating. I want it yeah. to be less intimidating, because sometimes people are so intimidated about essential oils, and it's not really a nice conversation to open it with. I yeah. feel that, you know, when you talk about Mental health is, it's more friendly sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Or um, what else? Um, there's so many conversations that has happened there. We've been on for five seasons already. Yeah. yeah well, I'd, 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 I'd be honored to, um, to, to, to be a guest on your show. Like you, I, I try to talk about spiritualism in a very basic way that most people can understand. And there's a very strong overlap between mental health and people who are looking to you know um, develop themselves kind of spiritually and become open to that so absolutely anytime that you want to um, thing I'll look at it as you know as an honor for you taking part on my show so just anytime that you want to do just contact me I'll send you my email address whatever you can contact me that way so I guess um, the probably the last part I want to talk about is your blog which has been very interesting from some <laughs> of the <laughs> that I've read on it but um, it's it's obviously grown from when you were fairly young from some of the things you posted on it which were really entertaining and really 
interesting to just documenting your travels and stuff like that that some of the things that you wanted to do you were forest bathing i think in japan yeah. not correct and i know that that is a, a a growing practice and it's something that you know someone who spends a lot of time in nature and really appreciates the mental health benefits to to nature that forest bathing is is is, is to me it's just a kind of no-brainer and it was something that you got an opportunity to do. It was something that you really wanted to do very recently. So could you just give us a little bit about that and just about maybe your blog and what that's about? Right? Of course. So actually, Zenith, um, that photo was not really in Japan. It's here in the Philippines. Okay, but right. let me tell you something. Um, I was born and raised in, in the city. So I'm a city girl. I'm not really uh, an outdoorsy person. <laughs> so, uh, so and, and I try to make an effort to be one. And that is the reason why a few weeks ago, I think a month ago, I scheduled a hiking trip. So that's the photo, the, that, right. that one. That's really beautiful, lush green with my backpack yes. on. Yes. And it my cultural sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's my first time to go to a forest. In that photo, it's my first time to do hiking. It's a waterfall hike. I wanted to visit a waterfall. Uh, I think two hours away from Metro Manila, so it's the nearest forest that I can um, I can reach. <laughs> and it's my first time to ever do that. So when my friends saw it, they were so surprised. They were they were like, um, "Is that you? Why were you out in the forest?" <laughs> Because <laughs> people who knew me from childhood would know that I'm not that type of person. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it always surprises them. I told you, even my parents, um, you know, it, it makes them hard to keep up with what I'm currently uh, yeah. um, enjoying. <laughs> so um, a few weeks ago, I invited some of my friends to be with me to go on a hike because I've never done it before. And I always like to push boundaries. Did you know that I also free dive, but I, I'm not really a swimmer when I started? No, I, I was not aware of that. No, yeah, and I've drowned so many times, but I didn't care. I would still, <laughs> I would still try it. So I, I like doing that. I like pushing boundaries and um, I guess discovering my capabilities. So I, I even surprise myself sometimes, <laughs> especially during that hiking trip. It wasn't really for beginners. Um, I think I uploaded the video about that yeah. trip. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so the hike was a little bit um, difficult. It's not for beginners. It's We had to do rappelling. So I was surprised that I had to do that. And then we did it, right? So we did a 40-minute hike with rappelling to go to the falls and rest and take pictures and climb up. And our friend... When we reached the top again, to the flatlands again, our friend told me, oh, I, I was really worried about you. I, I was scared to talk to you <laughs> when you were doing that because you might get mad at me <laughs> for bringing you here <laughs> because, you know, our trip today is not really that beginner-friendly and it's your first time. So he was like, I'm glad that um, you tried your best to do it, you know, to climb up, to climb back up. So I told him, I had no choice. <laughs> I had to do it or else I'll be left down there and I didn't want that. <laughs> so I'd have to, you know, give all my might to do yeah. the rappelling and climb up. 
and use all my body weight to get out of that um, pit to, to be up yeah. with you, right? <laughs> so fun experience. I'll never forget it. But if I have a choice, I will not do it again. <laughs> I would choose a, an easier hike next time. <laughs> yeah but it's fun it's fun <laughs> something along ground level yeah i think i think that's a bit extreme for someone who just generally does not <laughs> go into nature or anything if you can you see my video I, my I face was beat red <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds to be just the type of persons you are you just throw yourself into something okay let's just go for this here and when you get there you're kind of like i can't do this but i'm not gonna let it beat me okay well i've yeah. tried it now so forget about it yeah, well, I hope yeah. it hasn't put you off just even going into forests and you know, spending. I love, I love being, actually that trip, my idea was just to do forest bathing, you know, flatlands, just walking and tree hugging. I never really expected to have to climb up rocks and rappel <laughs> down. <laughs> it was way beyond what I was expecting, but, you know, challenge accepted and conquered, yeah. I must say. <laughs> stick to the tree hugging, stick to just the forest bathing. Yeah. You know, trees do need a lot of love, so they do, and they can, they can feel that, so they can, they really can. Um, so, yeah, so just tell us then um, about where we can find you, where people who are interested in you, who want to watch some of the variety of stuff that you do if you're going i'd love to see some of her videos i'd love to see some of her soaps or the aromatherapy that, that she does and maybe even to potentially enroll in your courses um or just to have a you know a, a, listen to your podcast where can people find you also you can check out my website that's www.couchwasabi.com so that is where i post a lot of things you can go on youtube and search for couch wasabi Again, in any social media or on Google, just search for Couch Wasabi and you'll find me. Now, one of the video like playlists that I could recommend to you, Zenith, is watch my diving videos. It's very relaxing. We'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, I'm taking you underwater to see all the fishes we have here in the Philippines. I know Ireland is like a very green place. I'm not so sure if like diving is something that's well, it's done. very cool. Very <laughs> Yeah, so you will enjoy my diving videos for sure. <laughs> I, love, I love that because we've been snorkeling and we've been diving in um, Africa. We've been in wow. Africa and we were snorkeling there and just beautiful ecosystem. And I don't think we got to do it in Peru. No, oh we, my were, gosh. we swam We swam in the Amazon River. It wasn't diving or anything, but we swam in the Amazon with pink dolphins. So we've been very You should fortunate. come here. The oh, Philippines has the third best diving spots in the world. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. It's on my bucket list from today. Mm, you should. When I come, I'm, I'm going to be staying with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can recommend a few places. And you yeah. will see this really huge um, pawican. It's like a big turtle. And it will swim with you. So we yeah, have well, those absolutely. amazing things. We've been to... Um, been to Borneo and Kuala Lumpur, so not too far away from you. Yes. So we've, we've been there too. So we're fortunate to have traveled to some exotic places, and obviously we've done some diving. Um, or else we do diving. We've done diving off. Um, I can't even remember the, the name of the place now. Um, in Spain and in um, a little country called Malta and stuff. So we've been fortunate yeah. to do snorkeling. Cool. And, but it, it's beautiful to see that ecosystem that vibrancy of nature and that yeah. high, that those that beautiful 
you know, clear water and the, the beautiful colors of fishes that you're in another world. So I would absolutely yeah. and I will be checking out your videos. So tell us a bit more then. Give us a bit more information of where other people can find you because you mentioned you're on TikTok as well. Yeah, it's still Couch Wasabi. <laughs> couch Wasabi for anything. Yeah. Just type in Couch Wasabi. Brilliant. Yes. Absolutely fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe I've missed, Jerby? I guess I would like to invite everyone who's interested about essential oils to please check out our school. And if you're like having this um, inkling of wanting to learn more about it, about aromatherapy in general, perhaps you can check it out and uh, enroll with us. Um, our curriculum is abiding or meets the standards of NAHA and IFPA. So NAHA is the U.S. Um, aromatherapy organization, professional organization, and IFPA is the one that's from UK. So our curriculum meets international standards, and yeah, you will get the quality education at a very affordable price. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Jeremy, is there one sort of message, one thing that you've kind of learned over the years of doing this here for someone who's looking to maybe follow down your path or just something in life that you've learned that you feel that you can sum up in a nutshell just to give people you know a message for for anyone viewing this my advice to anyone who's listening is i think um always have a heart of gratitude i think that's very important um and like what you've mentioned earlier when you're always um grateful for the things that's coming your way it will bring you more yeah in time right it will always come tenfold so yeah and um don't be scared like me um i do a lot of things that surprise other people and even surprise myself like i, I mentioned <laughs> i'm not really a swimmer but i tried diving that really surprised and scared my mom and dad <laughs> and even my hiking like sometimes out of the blue my dad would tell me hey i saw your video i saw you um do the rappelling that's dangerous <laughs> <laughs> it surprises them so just don't be scared and um and i i guess nurture your curiosity i think that's important because you don't really know your capabilities and talents up to what extent your talents can take you unless you try Brilliant. absolutely fantastic jerby you're such an inspiration and i know you're so well known and your brand is so well known in the philippines and i've kind of looked you know you've crazy numbers of people who are looking at your videos and following you and you know you're so very talented but what comes across in this interview is that you're just so humble very much down to earth and very appreciative of what you have and just this general attitude of wanting to give back and spread awareness about natural health and about essential oil so I'm, I'm so glad that you agreed to my request to take part on this crazy spirit channel podcast what is this guy of course not <laughs> his, his podcast but obviously as i said i had this interest in essential oils and aromatherapy and natural health and i thought well i can have an interview but i've just been pleasantly surprised by not only by researching a lot of your work but by having you in person and just getting to know you in this brief hour and 20 minutes so Thank you so, so much. And absolutely, I'd be honored to take part in your podcast whenever you find the time or whenever that you, you know, decide that it's right for you. So thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you so much, Zenith, for having me. It's really an honor to be here with you. And I really appreciate your patience. <laughs> and, it's, it's all mine too. So it is because, as I said, this was arranged by me months upon months ago. And 
just as you know just scheduling falls away and happens and, and a number of other people and then obviously you had a few issues as well so like i don't think there's any need for apology on on either end we're just glad that we got it done and glad that we got um what hopes to be a really enjoyable interview for the viewers to do yeah same here i'm so happy that we're having this and i'm gonna make you wake up early again for you to guess on my show <laughs> I'll definitely get I'll definitely get my tea bags and lemon strips yeah. or cucumbers under my eyes. <laughs> green tea works best under eyes. Oh, well, I have my green tea here. Oh, that's good. Freeze it up and then put it under your eye. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely heading you up for more health advice, more, more <laughs> <beauty> tips. <laughs> Thank you so so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay.